Hello, and welcome to the Final Girls podcast. This is Anna, co-founder of the Final Girls Collective and your podcast host. And happy Valentine's Day. On this somewhat cursed day, on this extremely cursed year, we thought we'd bring you a special bonus episode discussing a phenomenally bizarre film. And I know this film gets a lot of flack. I know the fans of this film gets a lot of flack. But its influence cannot be underestimated. And it's probably one of the best known, not best, best known vampire films out there. And it kind of came up a few times in conversations around the programming of this vampire season. And also, it just so happened to be a perfect occasion to finally get someone who I think is brilliant as a critic and a writer and programmer on the podcast. So today we're going to be talking about Twilight. And joining me is the phenomenal Grace Barber Plenty to go from the aesthetics and the soundtrack of Twilight to like Twilight themed dildos. This bonus episode is available in its entirety over on our Patreon page. Um, This is a little excerpt and believe me, it gets much, much wilder. So if you want to listen to the whole conversation between myself and Grace, head over to patreon.com forward slash final girls and it's all there. Grace, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm good. I feel like I bullied my way onto this podcast, which just shows everyone bullying works. <laughs> I um I don't I don't know what I am. Usually I'm very excited and I'm very <laughs> excited. <laughs> this is has been like prophesized to happen. I know I feel like the amount of times you've asked me to go on the podcast and I'm like, I haven't seen this film, I don't know any films. <laughs> and then the minute the minute the vampire season came up, there was a, a beautiful message from you going, Twilight <laughs> This is the thing, I don't think I even asked you, I just said Twilight. <laughs> Which is how the best podcast content comes to be. True magic. <laughs> I'm very happy that we finally made this happen. Me too. Over the, the most bizarre, weird vampire film <laughs> I've ever seen. I mean, you say that, but have you seen the Twilight pastiche vampires suck? Because I think that might actually take... <laughs> Which I have, I have for some not... reason. <laughs> was it like one of those scary movie type pastiche films yeah, of the Twilight films? But it was one oh. of those kind of like I think scary movie had kind of stopped. So it was like post scary movie mm-hmm. when they were still kind of trying, but it was other people mm-hmm. doing them. So it was very bad, very low budget. <laughs> but yeah, that I think that deserves the crown of the worst film. <laughs> 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 so for the listeners, just to be completely transparent, I have come prepared with a cocktail and a full glass of wine <laughs> for this recording. And I'm just having a cider because I'm ready to talk about this sober. I'm <laughs> I, I okay find that so it. impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we dig into Twilight, you mentioned, and this is very true, that I've asked you to be on this podcast multiple times. So uh, I'm not going to ask you to say why why you've always declined. But um, I told you it's because I've were... never seen a film. 
But what is your relationship with like horror films and most specifically vampire films? If you have one, do you like them? I think I was thinking about this earlier, actually, specifically mm. in terms of vampire films. And I realized that my taste in vampires kind of runs from like the highbrow. I'm doing air quotes here, like the highbrow. So something I love like Ganja and Hess to mm-hmm. like Buffy, which I feel is kind of either end. I mean, also just to... Mm-hmm say what's been going on this week fuck Joss Whedon had to be said but yeah I feel like it's you know it's the high school teen show or it's like Mm -hmm. the very niche like 70s art house vampire film (laughs) and then like nothing in between I do you know what I completely respect that thank you (laughs) chaotic (laughs) and I'm also I'm obsessed with um what we do in the shadows as well Yes. It's so I good. Mean, Especially the TV show. I just love it so much. It is. I just love Nadja. Oh my god. So, so much. I just want to listen to her just like saying Gregor <laughs> over and over. Or <laughs> trying to say Jeff. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that fills me with so much joy. <laughs> oh, I just yeah, I love it so much. <laughs> so then digging into um Twilight in particular. Which sits quite nicely, I guess, in between art house indie because of its director and trashy teen vampire stories. Yeah, I think so. Content (laughs) (laughs) is Twilight like the perfect in between for you then? Yeah, I think it actually might be. And as well, I think I was thinking about this now. Like a lot of my, Mm -hmm. can I even say love? I don't even know. A lot of my interest in Twilight, obviously. (laughs) comes from a place of like satire and like you know it's funny to love twilight but also i was a teenager mm. when these films came out and i did read all the books so like i think there is part of me that's quite sincere about these like films oh wow books. yeah i know it's really bizarre and i'm not a very sincere person as well so. <laughs> <laughs> i think i don't know <laughs> So tell me a little bit more about your relationship with Twilight, with the books, with the films. Like, did you read them as they were coming out? Were you excited about the film? Do you remember watching it when when you were young, when you were a teenager? I remember watching it so distinctly, mainly because I saw it on Christmas Eve. Me and my friend had, uh, mm-hmm. I want to say a yearly routine, but we did it two years in a row. And I can't remember the second mm-hmm. film, which is so annoying. But like two years in a row, we were like, let's go see a really bad film on um, Christmas Eve. And the first year was Twilight. So that is forever embedded in my head. And I think I literally was about 13 when I saw it. So I was like an actual real teenage girl. Do you remember what you thought of it then as a teenager? All I remember is being like, wow, that uh, baseball scene was good. And then just kind of, (laughs) I know. (laughs) And then just kind of laughing through the rest of it. And that's about it. (laughs) Because it's kind of like 13, I think it's quite a weird ironically 13 Catherine Hardwick mm-hmm. it's quite a weird yeah. age because you're not really thinking seriously about like you know undying love and things like that mm-hmm. in the same way you might be when you're like I don't know 15 16 you're kind of mm-hmm. in that weird balance I suppose it's like between being a preteen and like a full-blown teenager you're probably mm-hmm. like puberty maybe hasn't started you're a bit less like mopey and generally horrible to everyone around you so I think it was much easier for me to kind of like take the piss out of it rather than like be like, oh my God, this is so romantic and like really connect with the angst level. But I think at the same time, obviously I did read all of the books. So I think I must have connected in some way with that. Mm. 
And I really remember enjoying the books as well. I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of judging you a little bit for that. <laughs> That's okay. I'm I'm fine with it. Like even to be to be honest, even now, like my reading tastes again are quite bizarre. Like I will pretty much read anything, but I do have a bit of a soft spot for YA fiction. Mm-hmm. Especially oh, nothing wrong with YA. Okay, good. <laughs> especially, no, well, I, love I was gonna. I'm gonna completely go back on my point now because I was gonna say especially well written YA, which Twilight <laughs> absolutely is not. <laughs> like they are awful. But I think there's something very compelling about them. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's the same thing as like Harry Potter in a way that it's like, you know, it's that universe. And then it essentially becomes a franchise and obviously the kind of fandom that it creates. I was never like a Twihard or anything. But like I say, I did like, I definitely enjoyed the books. And I think, again, part of me was kind of like doing it like, oh, it will be so funny if I read the Twilight books. But epic books so part of me must have genuinely enjoyed reading them (laughs) (laughs) and have you revisited the film since you watched it as a teenager uh, like between then and between rewatching it today for this podcast yeah my friend and I rewatched all of them well I say rewatch I'd actually only seen the first two and (laughs) sex scene after they get married oh my god (laughs) because by that point I was an actual teenager and me and my friend Mm -hmm were like let's look for the sex scene online as 15 year olds do so me and my friend had the idea so I was furloughed from my job and my friend was Mm -hmm. staying with family during lockdown so neither of us had anything to do and I know what it was it was the new book Midnight Sun had been Mm -hmm. announced and I feel like this happened to a lot of people in lockdown bizarrely you kind of regressed into like oh, yeah. your teenage self, right? It's not just me. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I went through that completely. And actually there was uh, there was a few pieces that I read that actually talked about that. Like in moments of big stress and trauma, you kind of go back, regress to, I don't know, fandoms that yeah. made you feel safe and comforted when you were a teenager. That's definitely it. Like I know a lot of people that rewatched all the Harry Potter mm. films and things like that. So I think it was kind of like this new book being announced. We both read the, all the books as teenagers mm-hmm. and kind of, again, was sort of walking that precipice between kind of like ironic fandom and also kind of genuinely having a soft spot for them. And we were like, mm-hmm. we should rewatch all of these films. We've got nothing else to do. <laughs> and so we rewatched all of them over Zoom. But like we mm-hmm. had this really complicated setup where like, obviously, if you're watching something, um mm-hmm. on zoom and sharing a screen it just like doesn't mm-hmm. really work so we would both watch the film on our separate laptops but try and time it at the same time <laughs> headphones on talking on zoom at the same time but every time there's a loud bit which is quite a lot we'd be like huh i can't hear you you have to speak <laughs> up <laughs> and this was for four films so it was kind of chaotic but i think oh. it lends itself <laughs> the commitment i i admire it thank you thank you really really do so i personally have not seen these films in about a decade like i remember watching i think the first one came out 2008 right yeah i think so and i was just about i was not kind of a teenager already i think i was like in university already so i was very much <laughs> whatever but then I, I watched them all back to back on one day oh my god and yeah completely new completely fresh and uh it was it was i just remember it was summer and it was really really hot 
and it was really sweaty and those films just kept melting into one another did you did you have a break or were you literally just like twilight new moon next one next one it was a whole day it was just a whole day of just watching all the twilight movies kind of in a sweltering i was living in madrid at the time and somewhere in madrid is like 40 degrees with no breeze so it was boiling and uh like we put curtains around the window so the sun wouldn't come in so it was dark and sweaty and all the twilight films are playing back to back and i i mentioned this only because whenever we watched it today for the purposes of this i genuinely had forgotten the things that happened in the first one i was like wait but didn't the werewolf thing happen in this and the thing that so i it was kind of like watching it completely fresh and did it age There's... better with fresh eyes on it i I don't know, Grace. I don't know. <laughs> this is the thing because, like, in terms, like, like what you're saying, in terms of the plot mm. of the film, it's really bizarrely written, and the book is like this as well. In that kind of like they take, they simultaneously like kind of really take their time building up the characters, but at the same time they get together so quickly, and then yeah, nothing really happens. But then suddenly it's like this life <laughs> or death situation at the very end. <laughs> And also, you say building up the characters, and I didn't see you do any air quotes there, and I think there should be any, some air quotes there, because they don't really build up characters <laughs> through yeah, the entire film. She, you know, she's she's shy, um, <laughs> and she's pale, and she falls over a lot, <laughs> and he's kind of aloof. He's kind of aloof. He's kind of rude. Yeah. Um. He's very intense and extremely creepy in like weird possessive ways. Oh, 100%. He just kind of like gently gaslights her for the first half of the film. Yeah. yeah. It's lovely. We will have to talk about their, their meet cute because I I had to, I, re- I rewound that because I was like, I need to watch it again. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about the let's talk about the actual film i actually don't know where to start because all of it is so weird i know the thing that i kind of notice more as i watch it Mm -hmm. as someone that kind of i suppose like works in film and like notices these things in film is it looks so weird which i kind of love like the cinematography is just odd like everyone looks terrible it is i was i was paying attention to that as well and actually to the credit of the film, I actually think it had quite a big impact on other sort of YA adaptations and kind of teen angled horror that came afterwards mm-hmm. because it all looks like a really, really, really bad Instagram filter. That's it. And- That's so true. <laughs> And all the white shots and the really weird effects in the camera, like uh, in the film. It's like, I don't know what the film is trying to do visually at all. You mentioned that you felt it was weird. What did you think of its aesthetic? I think, yeah, it was so right with that kind of like weird filter. Like everything is just extremely green, but simultaneously Mm -hmm. like very washed out. And I think kind of like by 2008, you kind of think they'd have like tapped with special effects and makeup. Like, okay, so these people are vampires. So we can kind of do, but it's like they're vampires, but they're very passable vampires. So we Mm -hmm. can maybe make them look like this. But I feel like their solution was we'll just wash everyone out and that will be fine. <laughs> Which then kind of defeats the purpose of separating the vampires. Exactly. Yeah. It's like I know the whole point is that, oh, like Bella 
doesn't like going outside and she's like you know she's very kind of indoorsy and like introspective and that's why she's like so pale and there's all these jokes about that but it's like she basically like when you kind of look at her in the first film and then look at her as a vampire in the last film she basically <laughs> looks the same <laughs> because of whatever they've done to like her makeup is just and so so let's talk a little bit about the characters i think that's a pretty big word though <laughs> The, uh, the, arch- the archetypes, the sort characters. <laughs> and also, can I just say, it's so hard. Like, I keep getting confused with mm-hmm. what's based on what, because I know that Fifty Shades of Grey is obviously based on mm-hmm. Stash, basically Twilight fan fiction, but it's so strange. I feel like those two things have got really, like, intertwined in my mind that I keep being like, so what is this character in Twilight based on? And I'm like, no, this is this is the original thing. Like, this is the source <laughs> material. <laughs> Just looking for some kind of ways to make sense of it, I guess. I I would abandon that pursuit personally. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm going wrong. I think I love. I have a lot of love, a lot of respect for fan fiction and for fandoms mm. and for fanfic writers who are like very imaginative and it's like a massive culture online and like some of them have are incredibly talented writers. Some of them are like write the most amazing filth online. Mm. Whichever order it is, I believe it was like Twilight is also just like a masturbatory fantasy because all of it is just incredibly horny, but so vaguely restrained. This is one thing I think it has to its credit, maybe in the first couple of films at least, is the horniness of it and kind of like Bella is like sexually obsessed with him. And I think that's quite refreshing to see in like a coming of age film. Like it is very much. I don't know if I want to say necessarily the female gaze, but I think in a, you know, she's kind Mm -hmm. of trying to do that. And it's like, it's also a thing that stood out to me. Like, I didn't remember it to, I didn't remember it being just so horny. Mm. Like, Bella is literally, I know that Edward has this whole thing, especially when they meet of like, she's, well, all the vampires apparently have a thing about her that she smells delicious or something. But she, every time she sees him, it's like, she can't help herself. Exactly, especially that scene with their first kiss. Oh yeah. Oh which my is god. Okay. Genuinely quite hot. I was really surprised because I remember, which is ironic as mm. well, considering they were dating for mo- like most of these films being shot. That you know they actually do have really good chemistry, and it is actually quite. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels realistic to when you're a teenager. That's kind of yeah. So let's talk about um, <laughs> let's talk about the vampire humor romance. Let's talk about Bella and Edward. <laughs> what do you make of the? characters a tale as old as time was it the the, <laughs> the the lion and the lamb the uh oh my god horrible oh. the sick masochist masochistic Dude. lion it was just i wrote it down, <laughs> I, wrote it down. <laughs> I think it does a really weird thing because especially i'm thinking about like kind of the books and maybe like the initial mm-hmm. uh narration of the film is that it's really setting bella up to be like an ordinary girl she's like I'm ordinary. I'm just Bella. I'm, you know, I'm just this. I'm just a small town girl. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of like she doesn't get the fascination around her. I think that kind of is developed mm-hmm. into later films. And that kind of makes it hard in a way for us to kind of get like, why is he so obsessed with her? Which I think is a bit, it's a bit of a shame. I think it kind of works well in some ways because, you know, any teenage girl will be like, oh, she's ordinary. She's like me. But I think kind of looking back at it as an adult, you're kind of like, I don't get it so much. 
the thing that stood out to me more actually was the fact that everyone else in her high school seemed to be absolutely obsessed with her. Like she gets yeah. she gets asked out on dates like within twenty seconds of stepping foot into that new high school. Mm. Like, I mean, I don't know how if... high school movies work. <laughs> I don't know if part of that is because it is like meant to be such a small town. They're like, oh, new person. Mm. This is so exciting. <laughs> also, yeah, Maybe. she has like. I think over the course of the whole book, she has like three potential guys interested in her at school. And then there's Edward and then there's Jacob. So it's like there's five potential guys she's got on her hands. And, you know, I think like there was a lot of really negative stuff. I remember this kind of like during the Mm. time of release, a lot of people weren't happy with like Kristen Stewart being cast. And they were like, oh, Mm. she's so plain. She's so ugly. And like, she's got, you know, she's bad at acting. None of which are true. Like she's one of like the most beautiful people ever. And she is genuinely a really good actress. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think it's necessarily her acting that's letting it down. I think it is, it's the story really, isn't it? Yeah, it's the script. And very, like I get the sense that they were getting really weird direction. And mm. I don't think there's any better scene to talk about that than their meet cute when they meet in at the science lab. She's one of the most horrifying, but also hilarious scenes I think I've ever seen. And also, I love that it starts playing out like a meet cute. Mm-hmm. She's walking past the fan, mm-hmm. her hair is blowing. And then, oh, yeah. you know, there's the most incredible shot in the entire world of our <laughs> being absolutely <laughs> revolted by her. Just like, oh, <laughs> just like dry heaving. <laughs> The only thing that makes it better is then when she sits down and smells herself. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I, I kind of have to give props to Catherine Hardwick because I don't know if you have you seen her previous film 13? I actually haven't. I really need to watch it. Oh, like it's it's amazing. It's such a good film. And like there's there's glimmers of that in, in Twilight and like that weird self-consciousness of teenage mm. girls of just sort of am I, am I the problem? Am I the issue? Do I smell? Literally, that cringy scene really actually got me because it's, it's like, one oh, of she's... the scenes that feels like the most realistic. Weirdly, yeah. Even though it's batshit insane, especially because of the way that <laughs> um, Pattinson is acting, he is just straight up having a bad time, even from film one. I mean this this episode is also going to be as chaotic as this film. So <laughs> let's just segue directly into Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson as the leads because Oh my god. What is going on there? 